0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM.
1: Mighty Main Street on KSL, the faces and places of Utah. This business show features interviews with our small business community that make us proud while driving our Utah job market. We're supported by Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. I have Allison Enerson with me, and she's the director of the Downtown Farmers Market. Allison, I have to hear about the pickles. That's how you got into the uh, market in the first place, or that's how you got into the business, and that now you're the director. But it all started with pickles, so tell me your pickle story.
2: I, I was. Growing a garden, I had way too many cucumbers. I called my sister and I said, I remember Grandma making bread and butter pickles. Do you know how to do that? And she said, sure. So she came over and taught me how to make pickles, bread and butter pickles, and use up my cucumbers. And that I'm just kind of a pit bull. When I get a hold of something, I have to know everything about it. So that sent me into the Master Food Preserver Program, and that led me into uh, teaching canning classes, which I have done every year up until last year.
1: Are you kidding me? Really? have How come you quit? I mean, this sounds like it's a, a, a side hustle or certainly a side passion.
2: Well, yeah, I was doing it under the Downtown Alliance, and so it was just part of our food preservation series that we do. It's a lot of fun, but we just didn't. You know, you can't bring people together during COVID, so we had to suspend it for the year. But I hope to bring it back in some form. And we we have a great partner in Harmons. Let us use their kitchens to teach those classes, and. Their kitchens are beautiful, both at City Creek and Holiday. So hopefully those will be back in person next year. Um, and if not, we will be doing some open-air canning in the park, most likely.
1: Well, you know what? I want to learn how to do pickles. I mean, i that's what I want to learn. I love Wickles pickles, so I've got to learn how to make my own Wickles pickles. I think that sounds cool. We'll have to remember to uh, find out about this and give you some press on that when you guys bring it back. And thank you for mentioning Harmon's. They do have a beautiful kitchen. I've been in it before, and they have a real commitment to our community. And they also, as you already know, I mean, the soap ladies there, they have a real commitment to bringing in you know new local businesses and they're very open to that
2: they do they're they're yeah they're a supporter of the downtown farmers market they have been for a long time and they don't just talk they actually walk the walk and they do bring in a lot of our vendors and so we love them
1: Allison, one of the things when you're talking about our wonderful farmers and our ranchers, we only have about over a million or so, just a little over a million in the United States that are still farming and ranching, feeding uh, hundreds of millions of Americans and exporting maybe another 30 percent at the most. Give us the success stories or the ideas, the passion behind supporting our wonderful ag community, our local farmers and ranchers. Let's uh, let's talk about them for a minute.
2: Yeah, well, you know, if, if the COVID pandemic has taught us anything, it's about We have a lot of flaws in our food supplies and our food chains. So, um, you know, when you start getting COVID outbreaks in meat processing plants and then no one can get meat, we were like, you can come to the downtown farmer's market and and pick your pick of six different grass-fed beef vendors. And it's grown here. It's processed here. It means something. And it it also means that that money stays in our community, which is huge. Um, You can always access fresh, you know, local healthy food at the market. Uh, because it's grown here and it's from here. And you have to look that farmer in the face and say, what are your practices? How are you guys staying safe? You know, where did this come from? What do you feed it? So it really, COVID really highlighted a lot of really systemic flaws in the way that we access, grow, and distribute food. And I think bringing it all back home to the downtown farmer's market, we had a huge dedicated crowd last year. We, we saw people really turning to local because they felt safe shopping outside. They felt felt safe buying products from small producers because they know they're less likely to have those huge COVID outbreaks. And so we we had some of our vendors last year, our produce vendors in particular, had the best years they've had in a long time because people were coming to buy. They weren't just coming to get a cup of coffee and talk to their friends. So I think that's going to continue. I think people are really – waking up to some of the ways that they can access better healthy food and support their local community and keep ranchers on, on grassland and farmers on farms.
1: You uh, you hit the nail on the head. What's happening, Allison, I think that uh, I really appreciate what you're saying that how COVID kind of woke us up is that the other thing that's going along with that, not just supporting our farmers and ranchers, which is critically important, but also looking at big business, and people are boycotting big business. If they're not paying federal Mm -hmm. taxes, or if if they're using some form of slave labor overseas, and we're wearing their tennis shoes, or we're wearing their, you know, we're buying their gear, people are really waking up. And I think this is, I think this looks like it's kind of a generational shift. And so I see this happening across the board. Is that the same experience you're Having And and Downtown Farmer's Market is taking advantage of this in a way,
2: in a good way. Oh, absolutely. We definitely have benefited from this sort of awakening, and I think it will continue. And I think you're right. It is a generational shift. And when you've got millennials and Gen Z, are we on Gen Z? That's right. Yeah. Uh, We've got these young kids, you know, a whole generation of people that stopped having a backyard garden, and now everybody wants to have a backyard garden again. And you could not get cannon jars last year because everybody was trying to put up food because everybody was terrified that there was going to be no food. So I think it is a generational shift. It is a huge awakening around, you know, how easy and, um, and how necessary it is to even if you just grow one tomato and one cucumber, how much better you feel about the food that you're putting in your body. I mean, maybe you only want to grow basil and chives. That's fine. But, you know, getting connected with the fact that food comes from somewhere uh, is really, really becoming an important part of people's lives.
1: And you're right in the middle of it. Tell us what the yeah. future looks like. When you do your winter, when you did winter with summer, is this getting close to like 12 months out of the year so we can depend on this, I mean, as just a real nice outsource or something to complement what we're already doing?
2: Yeah, we. I mean, we're opening a week earlier this year, so we'll have 21 markets instead of 20. And that's partly because the one of the benefits of having the winter market is that a lot of people started um, doing more in hoop houses and high tunnels and growing through the winter season. And so now it's April and May, and they have a ton of produce. <laughs> and so we, want, we are opening earlier. Someday, what I hope and that what I've been working on for eight and a half years, which is a year-round public market, will sustain those vendors all the way through the year, and that will be open you know, daily through the whole year. So that will be a really great opportunity for some of our, our winter vendors to um, continue to sell in April and May. Um, and we're, you know, we're still focused on the public market in the Rio Grande neighborhood. Uh, and there's some an exciting movement on that that will be coming soon. So hopefully, the next time we talk, we'll be talking about the future public market in downtown Salt Lake City.
1: You know, I've heard that for a while now, Allison. You'll be the perfect director to be able to take us in that direction because I think it's, I think it's a brilliant idea. What's the open date for the summer?
2: We are opening on June 5th this year, again, one week early. Um, Hopefully, the weather will cooperate with us, but um, it's very exciting, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. I forgot to mention one really uh, fun thing, which is we're bringing back a limited number of our prepared food vendors. So one of the reasons people love to come to the market is to get that plate of uh, hot dim sum or, you know, Sudanese food from my friend LOL. So we'll have about 13 of those vendors back. If you just want to come get lunch and support some of these prepared food vendors who didn't get to be at the market last year, it's a perfect opportunity. Maybe pick up some lettuce while you're there.
1: Absolutely. June 5th, and uh, (laughs) you want to give us the address and a website in closing.
2: Absolutely. We are at 350 West 300 South in downtown Salt Lake City, and you can find all the information, all the vendor information, at slcfarmersmarket.org.
1: Allison Anderson, our director of Downtown Farmer's Market, winter, summer, going for year-round. It's been her mission for eight and a half years. It's our pleasure to have you with us today on Mighty Main Street. All the best to you, Allison. I will be there, and I can't wait.
2: It's my pleasure to talk to you, Chris. Thank you so
1: much. Check out our interviews on the podcast page of kslnewsradio.com. I'm Chris Redgrave, host of Mighty Main Street. Stick around for more stories on KSL Radio.
0: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.